0: Trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. Excited to be back with you for another week to get you on your way to your journey, where you gotta go, get you the process, get you the journey, and work through the pain points. Really excited to have my guest with me today because he's the reason why this platform exists. It's about people who have gone on to accomplish amazing things but I promise you, there's a story. Welcome, Wes Morris, to the Orange Table. What's going on, family? Oh, man, appreciate you. Thank Bro, you. Bro, you earned the right, my guy. You <laughs> earned the right. You earned the right. So as you 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 dug in a quarter episode, so you know we got to get right to it. Mm-hmm. Where were you when you actually saw the helmet catch? What was your, you know, what's, what's your memory Anybody, any
1: intriguing story, feel free to share. Absolutely. I can't remember exactly where I was at, but I remember saying to myself, wow, (laughs) that was a pivotal moment in this game. And and you guys went on to win it. It was wow. It was wild. And I tell people
0: all the time, listen, it might have been two weeks later. On, 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 the, on the boot tube, you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it was definitely, well, definitely, trust me, it was my moment. And then I like the, I got to flip the script on you, man, because you have a profound story, which we're going to get into. Um, and when I, I, I I've i done my little research, bro. So I'm trying to figure this out. What has been the most impactful moment for you at this stage in your journey? What's, what's the moment of Wes
1: Morris? One of the most impactful moments of my entire life was, Um, I built up my family business Mm -hmm. right and I did it while riding a bicycle and I took over a family business and I rebranded it I changed the name I added technology um, no business experience whatsoever Mm. and I was grinding it out riding a bicycle and one night at nine o'clock at night uh, me and my mom we were power struggling because Mm. she was holding on to what she had built and I wanted to go this way and it's 9 o'clock at night, and we really don't like each other at this moment. Mm-hmm. She's locking up the door. I'm getting her onto my bicycle about to ride home, and I, I, I'm so angry at her. And I look up at this building, this beautiful repainted new signage, you know, and I'm, I'm over here. I'm trying to build up my family business. And I said, hey, lady. And I used a bad word, and I said, <laughs> yeah, <great laughs> nice effing building, right? <laughs> and she stopped. She looked up at the building. She looked back at me and she said, my son did that,
0: mm, man. my son did
1: that. And I realized that it wasn't even about me. It was always about helping someone else. That, mm. was, that was the moment that I realized, you know, bro, that's, that was deep. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I
0: had a pause. I got my soul pause. I felt that in my soul. You know, like it's a lot of points of intersection. Of course, number one, when you're when you're a man and you're a son and you're arriving at places, and you had the opportunity to serve your mom mm. and her business, and you know, extending your, your, the, the legacy in that. How how old
1: were you at that at that time? I, uh, when I first stepped into entrepreneurialism, I was 31 years old. Excellent. I can only imagine what that could have been like, right? Because
0: it's so you know, like the, the, you, you you gotta you gotta. You got to tightrope that thing with his mom, Dukes. You know, you you got a little honor, but at the same time, so you know, how did you, you know, you said no experience. So, what were some of the keys in navigating some of those conversations, and you know, because you talk about collaboration, these are things that most people can struggle with on any given day, working with an intern or an employee, let alone mom. Yeah, what were some of the you know keys or
1: avenues that helped you walk that tightrope to? Cross that plateau. A lot of spiritual principles, but the number one thing that I can think of is it's better to be understanding than to be understood. Ah, and just okay. just by understanding, you know, what it took to 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 operate for twenty eight years. Yeah. And all the work that she put in. You know, so so whenever I'm navigating through a situation, I always like to practice empathy. Yeah. And put myself in the other person's shoes. Sure. And see things from their perspective.
0: Ooh, man, this is so good. Because listen, I mean, like you talk about, she gave her life to to the business. One hundred percent. She gave her life to the business,
1: and change is
0: difficult. It
1: change is. Change is difficult. Well, it's not the change that's painful; it's our resistance to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you you warming me up. You know, we
0: got t shirts <laughs> on in the basement, dog. And and, and, and the, so from our the resistance gate. to the change, <laughs> Well, that's good. And I, and I, like I said, that's one hundred percent. I think number one, we resist the change. We we kind of at odds with what ultimately needs to happen, right? Progress, mm-hmm. and I think that's 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 powerful. So let me let me pivot back to you in, in relation to some of your journey. Um, you know, give me give me the elevator on where you're from and even how you arrived to some extent. Cause I know you had some, you had some major challenges just Mm. walking through your own personal experience and, you know, so, so paint the, paint the pathway of how you arrived to that, you know, to, to some of these places.
1: Yeah. So I'll try to, you know, sum it up the best I can. Um, I was supposed to be a farm boy. Mm. I I was, I was raised in a farming community and in rural Pennsylvania. And I come from an area where work ethic is more important than actual intelligence, meaning how much you can work on the farm is more important than what you bring home in your report card, right? That's powerful. And um, I still carry some of the leadership principles th- that I learned from the farm, which is feed your animals first. It's good. Right? So my, grand- my grandfather and my grandmother, she woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and the very first thing that had to happen was go out and feed the animals before you ate breakfast because they are your, your lifeblood. Mm. So as a leader, leaders eat last. My there people you are taken care of first. Yeah. Before before my wants and needs come into play. Sure. So that's the environment that I come from.
0: That's been that's, that's a hope. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But that's a whole that's a whole situation and a lifeline in itself. But I actually think that working with your hands is the fundamental element of genuine hard work, which it takes to sustain in any ecosystem. And very few elements like a farm, like working with your hands prepares you for the actual experience of what you have to apply in so many other different areas
1: of ecosystem. So go ahead, man, keep treading. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, as a, as an inspirational, motivational speaker, I still take a lot of concepts from farming, right? I mean, you know, the, you don't, you reap what you sow. 100%. Right. If you don't plant seeds, you don't eat at fall. Right. If you don't if you don't if you don't take the weeds out. yep, You know, cr- no harm, no fruit is going <laughs> to is going to bear. Right. So so I, I, I take a lot of the concepts that I speak about from the farming from the farming lifestyle. And, um, you know, my mom grew up on that farm. It's a 365 acre working farm. Still have it to this day. Um, still go there and make hay in, in the summertime. Still ride mm-hmm. horses and, and still get in touch with the with with my heritage. And um she was 19 when she met my dad. We were—I w- I was born in a poverty. We lived mm-hmm. in a in a in a in a cabin, um, and they shot deer to survive. And that's the environment that I that I was born into. When Ooh. I was nine months old, um, my mother found my father with another woman, and 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 broken hearted, scared, no job skills, no life skills. Sure. she took me and my sister and put us in a dump truck and brought us to you know, what was the city, which is the Lehigh Valley. Um, scared, mm-hmm. brokenhearted, not really knowing what to do. Um, she opened up her own therapeutic massage therapy business. Right? What year is this? This is 1990. Boy, she, she was a pioneer out here, she,
0: man.
1: <laughs> the massage business in the 90s? especially massage PA? business in the 90s. You know, with the best intentions of doing the right thing. Yeah, Just a farm girl, uh, new to the city, and put the walls in, put the plumbing in, the electric. You know, she was my hero. Yeah. She was my everything. I, I was looking at this woman. This is my strong mom. She's making a stand, um, you know. Um, and I thought that I had a normal life. I thought, you know, I played football, baseball, wrestling. Yeah. We grew up in a, in, a, in a suburban community. And then I realized, you know, my, everything shifted when I was 12 years old. Okay. When I was 12 years old, I come home from wrestling practice um, I'm standing on, on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and the state police detectives have my whole house around it. And I'm mm. 12 years old. I'm scared. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And I see my mother being ha- carried out in handcuffs. She was being arrested for running a prostitution enterprise. Wow. Okay, 12
0: years old. All right, so these, you're talking about formative years here where, so I'm s- without trying to be over I know that's a trauma, a trigger, a trauma at that stage because young men, we're starting to formulate our thoughts, our beliefs, right. our ideas. So, yeah. how, I mean, like, unpack that. Tell me how that
1: really affected you there, maybe what that led to. Absolutely. So, you know. When you don't have the ability to properly process the events in your life, you give things a certain meaning that may not necessarily be true. Mm. right? And I went to school and all the kids made fun of me and my coaches, and they made fun of me, and it, and it was a big thing in, in the town. Yeah, it's a small town, right? Yeah. So I formulated a belief about myself, about my family and about my mother. That wasn't necessarily true. The belief that I formed was that I was a bad kid. Wow. The belief that I formed was that, you know, she's a, a, a Jezebel, mm. right? The truth is, my mom was just doing the best that she knew how.
0: Ooh, and she just didn't know any better at that time.
1: After years and years of carrying around that baggage, right, God told me, Look at the love that I showed you. Why don't you show her the same love that I showed you? Why you keep holding her over the fire?
0: Mm. And that, those are the moments of true, true love and transformation. But when you're 12 years old, you don't know how to process you don't. that. And it's, it's, it's almost unfair to, to to expect any 12 year old. And like, listen, I think we all on the other side of it, we grow. We, you've, you've obviously grown through these experiences and most of us who've had some sour experiences would never wish those on our children right and i think that's that's those are the lessons learned and opportunities to give back so you know what what was it like you know because now here you are you you know like i'm and i know there's more story to tell but you're a business owner you've, you've 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 revolutionized and transformed her business well, we're going to get into the details you're, you're a keynote motivational speaker your life is actually speaking for you in, in some superior and dynamic ways from farm <laughs> to the, to the, to the microphone. Yep. So what, what was like, what was the, the come to sobriety moment or what was the pain? What was the agony that, you know, cause every, 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 everything that's of true worth is for, genuinely forged in the fire. So yep. what did you have to endure to get to this place where you're like, <sighs> man, where now you see
1: the worth of your mother and her struggle. Yeah. It, it took a long time to get there. And, and I think the reason okay. why I had such a difficult time at 12 years old sure. was because the communication piece wasn't there. Okay. Right. So I, you know, it's one thing everybody goes through trials and tribulations in their life. It doesn't mm. matter, you know, if you're at this level of society or this level of society, 100%. we all have our own problems. Yes. But the thing of it is, is that I don't know for whatever reason, or maybe it was in the nineties, but Things happen and you just didn't talk about them. Oh, man. You just kind of put them under the rug. You <laughs> you were never, you know, explained as, oh, to no. w- as to what was going on. So, like I said, you're left to formulate a belief by yourself. Yep. And, um, a- and that belief led to, you know, a long line of I started using drugs and alcohol at the age of 12 mm. to kind of cope with, sure. with the ridicule that I felt. Pain. With the shame and guilt. Um, and the unmanageability set in really quick. I got my first DUI when I was 15 years old, I Oof. stole a car. Um, and by the time I was 19 years old, I had already been kicked out of school. I had lost my license for 22 years
0: at 19 at 19 license years going old. for
1: 22 years, 22 years.
0: So I, listen, I got to speak you because people don't realize, so what they they tell you that having a license is a
1: privilege. That's
0: yes, <laughs> it is. So <laughs> have you got your license back yet? uh no and so how old are you now i am 38
1: 38 years old
0: man so so we're still on the pathway so that's one of these things where you know a lot of times i like to highlight little random moments and your story tells it well it's a privilege because here you are you've and this speaks to the pedigree of wesley morris because not only have you accomplished feats that we, we make so many excuses for the reason why we can't do something as humans, right? Mm-hmm. Myself included, until we finally get over that. Yeah. But, you know, man, even something as simple as driving really actually is a privilege. Mm-hmm. To the moment where you recognize that it, when it's revoked from you, man, what, how, how how nice it would be to be able to make decisions or, op, you know, maximize the conveniences that yeah. that, that affords so get back into a 1920, wow, 19,
1: 20. Wow, man. Yeah, so 19,
0: we, we, we got some similarities, in, obviously, in our story, but it's, it's about you, fam.
1: I know, I know. 19 years old, uh, had failed out of school. Um, no real direction. No okay. real um, No real uh, direction in life. And um, you know what? When, when your circumstances are not what you think they should be, or you don't like them, you, you look for reasons why they are the way that they are, right? When, okay. when, when, you're, when, when the results are unfavorable in your life, sure. you look for reasons outside of you to blame. So I blame my mom.
0: I blame <laughs> the cops.
1: I blame the town I lived in. I yep. blame everyone else but me as to why my life is the way that it is at 20 years old. And I got a great idea. I'll move, right? Mm. It's it's this town. It's these people. It's these circumstances. (laughs) This is the reason why. It's the reason. Yeah, of course. It couldn't be me. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Of course not, right? You got a (laughs) foolishness is that. Yeah, Exactly, right? (laughs) this bad stuff keeps happening. There's no way. Yeah, so I know what I'll do. I'll move to Philadelphia. Okay. You can go anywhere in the world, but you're going to take you with you. So I moved to Philadelphia at 23 years old, only to take me with me. You know, I, I'm just I'm running from myself and I moved to Philadelphia and um you know I'm I'm still acting crazy. I'm still living that wild life and um I used to be a welder, right? I used to be a welder and Ooh. I come from I come from a culture where what you do is who you are. Right. There it is. I come comfort- from man,
0: <laughs> bro. You you talking to the shirt because when you be well, you can do well. Yes. you know, and like when, until you know who you are, everything that what you do defines you. Yeah. You wanna you wanna you wanna be who you are before you do. Mm. You gotta do. So it's not you know. But bro, you know you
1: you you, you in the vein. <laughs> <laughs> this this family right here keep talking. So so I moved to Philadelphia. Um, and it was the first time that I was exposed to different cultures because mm-hmm. I I grew up in a predominantly white community, of course, right? And um, I you know different cultures, different ethnicities, different foods, um, different musics, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. What was
0: the fer- What was your favorite food that you experienced uh, out- when you when you when you started getting some different? What what, what caught you all guard?
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give me a little bit of that before I let you. <laughs> you know, I had this I had this hobby when I lived in Philadelphia. Every Saturday I would go to, you know, Philadelphia is is known for its cheese sticks, right? So I would I would go um to all the little mom and pop shops all right. and figure out which ones were the best. Give me your best. Um the, you know, there's a place, um, it's called Reese's on on twenty on 12th in Washington. Okay. It's a it's a little spot. And, you know, it, and then I would go to these other places in, in West Philadelphia and I would just, you know, meander the city and just kind of get gotcha. lost in the city. It, right, it big was... shout out to Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> That's your plug. Uh, yeah, good, back,
0: back to you, man. Keep rocking.
1: This is good. So 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 I was a welder and, and 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 I was filled with a lot of pride and ego and, you know, that that the epitome of construction life and. One day I get I get hurt at work and and I go to the doctor I got something in my eye and he prescribes me prescription pain medication and 30, mm. 30 days later I was I was completely dependent on it and ninety days later I was a I was a hopeless homeless heroin addict in North Philadelphia I lost everything the girl the job the the apartment everything oh. that I was holding on to um, to make me feel like I was whole it was all gone and I was reduced to standing in the middle of the street. Selling bottles of water for a dollar a piece. And I remember the look Ooh. on the car's faces as they would pass and the look of disgust. And I was 50 pounds less than I am right now. Jeez. I was malnourished. I was, I was dehydrated. and um, Dehydrated selling water. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was definitely the lowest moment. And, and I couldn't see it then, but I could see it now. Okay. How every decision throughout my entire life... Led me to that one point, right mm. there. The decision not to deal with my past, a decision not to confront my my reality and my feelings. Every every micro decision, yeah. throughout my entire life, led me to that one point, right there.
0: You you hear right too? And I tell people you have to go to your pain point to get the to get the deepest healing. Mm. You know, like we have to confront the places that that have created the deepest pain, so that we can allow that ointment to get in there and heal it. And then scar tissue can, can develop from there. But if it's sick at the root, mm-hmm. it's going it's, it's gonna it's going resurface. Mm. It's gonna resurface. This, this is so powerful. So, all right, so, you know, bro, we 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 done obviously early teenage, you know, substance abuse. Now we get to the point of the of the lowest point. And what's what's the real, you know, like, how do you get to this moment where it's like, mom, what God said, this is, this is insane. I'm like, yo, your story is like, like every different direction.
1: Yeah. So, so I, 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 I I, I, I managed to kind of crawl my butt back home. Okay. But I still got a problem. Yep. It's one thing to have a problem. It's a whole nother thing not to be able to talk to anybody about it. And, and the shame and guilt that I felt as a result of what my life had become was more than I could handle. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't talk to anybody. Sure. You know? And one day, my mom walks in on me about to um, inject poison into my bloodstream. And the pain in her eyes was more than I could handle. Wow. So.
0: Okay. So, whoa, that's powerful. So, I'm going I'm to tell this small snippet, we're going to, because I tell people, like, how do you change? People, want. People ask me about change. And I think this is true in general, like there has to be something in you, right? So when you have, when you're dealing with some form of addiction, you know, because obviously you have a, a, a love affair a relationship and a bondage that is masquerading as pain, right? And I'm very oversimplifying this, but ultimately how do people change even before they come to these monumental moments? I remember when I was, I had my two legal incidents in middle school, mm-hmm. one was very foolish and one, you know, I didn't still, I was in a stolen car, so Next thing you know, I'm on, you know, I wasn't on probation, but I'm kind of like on this juvenile probation deal. I go to court and I could just see the look in my mother's eyes. Mm -hmm. So although I still had a lot, I had a lot of bad decisions in front of me. I was, I was on a different path and just coming out of court with my mom, looking at the stress that I was putting in her eyes. Mm -hmm. It said, you know what? I can do something different. You know, I wasn't strung out. But I was it was so it's it was the love, right. the respect, and the honor that I had. And I think that's that's what most of us have to find in our journey to overcoming vices, bondages, or even our affair with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So man, this is super powerful. You you look at your mother's face, yeah, and it was too much.
1: It was it broke my heart.
0: Man. It broke my heart. So how did how did your recovery begin and how did you enter this place of sobriety and becoming a champion in that
1: moment when i saw her eyes they i dropped to my knees and i prayed like i've never prayed before in my life was faith a part of your background
0: like you know was I was, was it introduced part of to it sure
1: but i hadn't i hadn't talked to god in so long understandably i just... was running on my own juices for so long that when i knocked i didn't know if he was going to answer Mm. So in that moment, it was it was pretty much immediately like, God, I'm here. I, I had
0: no other option.
1: I, that, I had tried everything.
0: That's the one that God is looking for. Broken heart, contrite spirit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so how does it even after that moment? How does that how does the domino begin to take place?
1: Right. Because ultimately, then you got to get up from the prayer and hope that things change. Well, you know, the first, the, the, the first part of solving any problem in life mm-hmm. is recognizing that there is one. Yeah. So I had to get really honest with what my life had become. It's good. And I had to take a, a, a deep look at myself. And through that, God started putting people into my life that started to guide me in the right directions. This is good. And... Um, yeah.
0: Cuz I say that there's nothing great that can happen by ourselves. Mm-hmm. You can be great, you can be you can be very impactful and successful as an individual, but if you're going to do something because I define greatness two ways. Great can be of great impact mm-hmm. or great can be of great reach, right? So, you can do something great on a very small level, right? Because the impact is so dense. Mm-hmm. Or you can do something great that reaches So greatness is attainable for every single one of us. So we all need to recognize and understand that. Who are the people that you felt like were most impactful along your journey to help you become the leader, the man, and the inspiration
1: that you are? There is so many. There's, there's just knock off a few
0: because we want to give you know give me you know give me a start and you know whatever you feel is right. You know because I think it's important to recognize that none of us are going to do anything significant until we. You know, until we align ourselves, maybe, maybe submit ourselves, you know, and listen
1: and heed to the people that are going to be in our life. You know what? I, I have someone who has been in my life, who has God in my life, mm. and um, his name is Daryl. Big shout, Daryl. Yeah. Love you, Daryl. <laughs> um, Daryl gripped me up uh, about 10 years ago and took me under his wing. Now, Daryl doesn't look like me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come from where I come from.
0: Fantastic.
1: Um, Daryl has spent 20 years in, in federal prison. Um, <sighs> but he showed me unconditional love. Nothing more powerful. And he has guided me along for the last 10 years. Nothing more powerful. All right, so you <laughs> <laughs> this is too much. All right, so
0: so obviously this 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 is the moment where where life begins to change. And thank God you cried out to God. I have a very similar story in that respect, and uh, just beginning to see miracles unpack. Mm-hmm. So you know, at what point does this inspire you? Like you, you, you riding a bike, right?
1: Well, hold, I'm not there yet. Okay, oh,
0: right. I'm not there yet. let me buckle up, baby.
1: Buckle up, baby. The bike's coming out. Go ahead, give me, give it to me, dog. Lay it out. I got, I got, more time for you. Let's so, go. So, 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 um, so. I changed my lifestyle. Sure. But I'm still a, an ironworker welder, right? Okay. And shout out, shout out to all the construction guys. I know what it takes. <sighs>
0: Man, so amazing. next time
1: you see those guys on the side of the road and they look cold, just know that they are. <laughs> 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 and they're working really hard. Working real hard. <laughs> yes. So I go from, you know, hopeless and homeless in North Philly to making $80,000 a year. Yeah. It's like I hit the lotto, right? Oh. I got the girlfriend. I'm driving without a license. I got the two bedroom apartment. I'm making 80 grand a year. Yeah. This is it, right? Why why don't I want to put a bullet in my brain? I was miserable. You had more devils hunting you down. Because I realized that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure.
0: Y'all catching these bars.
1: (laughs) Y'all catching. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. This is
0: chocolate bars, white chocolate bars, peanut. (laughs) butter toffee fan listen say on Uh, give me give me more
1: (laughs) at at 30 years old I, i figured out that you can't fix a spiritual void with a physical thing boom it was one of my greatest life lessons that's huge doesn't matter how much stuff you get sure how much money you make you'll never be able to fix a spiritual void with a physical thing so i did the craziest thing i've ever done in my life i walked away from the job the girl I sold my car after driving without a license for nine and a half years. And I told the landlord, I got to go.
0: Well, you was the captain of riding dirty. <laughs> nine years
1: riding just out here. I had no care. You, you, you probably not even thinking much about it. It's just like, I got to get somewhere. I had a mentality. I was, I was just so angry at myself, at the world. Wow. At, at why did this have to happen to me? Sure. you know. And not only that, I built a belief that I'm the, I'm the bad boy. Right? Okay. And, and I lived up to that belief Self, that I had of myself. Self fulfilling prophecy. Yes, exactly. All
0: right. So, so you, you, you lay it all down, and, and,
1: and so you're just about to just clean slate this whole thing? I realized that life is way too short to go through unhappy and unfulfilled. Okay. So I dropped it all. I, like one week I had all this stuff, the next week I had nothing. Like Praise. that quick, I have my prayers. It. And I bought a bicycle for $500. No, I'm sorry. Somebody gave me a bicycle. Yeah. And I'm I'm riding a bicycle from one side of the city to the other side of the city. This guy said, you can come walk my dogs. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but walking those dogs gave me a sense of purpose. It's very important yeah. for people to have a sense of purpose yes. I don't care what it is yes. you have to have a reason for waking up
0: Come on, bro. so
1: I would I would ride my bicycle you know four miles to get to this dude's house to walk these big dogs and everything in my mind is saying they are laughing at you bro look at you you're 30 years old you're riding a bicycle you ain't got no job no girl's gonna ever gonna want you to this day I don't know who they are <laughs> <laughs> they Hey. They, they is one of the strongest,
0: they one of the baddest people out there. They, yeah. they, listen, they is serious. Like, listen, they be
1: in your head. Like Yeah. <laughs> they, it's the same day that that limits you from living the life of your full potential. Facts. So, facts. Facts. So I'm walking these dogs every day, and I get this message, divine intervention, and it says, go help your mom. Go help my mom. I'm an iron worker. I'm six foot tall, 220 pounds of ego, bro. Talk to him, bro. You want me to go <laughs> test be time, a bro. massage therapist? Ooh. And I got low self-esteem at the time, right? <laughs> what are they going to think? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a side story about my mom. Ooh. My mom gets in trouble in 1997. Mm-hmm. She stayed in the same place underneath the same name in the same town doing the same thing while the whole town kicked her back in. So change, change is nothing, just, go, just starts over and goes back to work. She she never ran. She said, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to show my kids that you can fall down and you can get back up. And she su- stayed in the same and fought it out day in and day out and and no clients. And she said, I'm going to write my wrongs. I'm going to rewrite my story and I'm going to do this right. Three years later, the year 2000, I come home from school She says, hold on, I want you to meet somebody. And I'm sitting at the desk and I'm expecting anybody to come walking down the hallway. I look to my left and there's Donovan McNabb, the head quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. My mom went on to be the head massage therapist for the Philadelphia Eagles from 2000 to 2012 because she stayed in the same place underneath the same name and didn't run. So when God told me to go help my mom (laughs) on a bicycle, let's go. (laughs) <laughs> you know go. we had the
0: orange table right here big shout to the big man family big shout to the timing and all things aligning man so full restoration because she didn't run for she didn't run from a mess she she's she right in her wrong what a woman of integrity man
1: strongest woman i ever met
0: you know obviously this has god written all over it man and that's this this is these are stories that you can't fabricate. Um, and you, so you, you get this and I know the word get, get it from the mud, but you get it the right way. That's the only way, cause everybody doesn't have to come from the mud to get it the right way, but there's no skip steps. You clean slate it. You begin to serve your mom and you become, you become a massage therapist too. While you're helping her to transform this business. Absolutely. Yeah. So, t- <laughs> all right. So talk about the reinvention process. What goes into your head and why did you feel
1: like it was worth it? Oh, my gosh. Just just so, you know, once 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 the idea is planted into my awareness that I'm supposed to go help my mom, because at the time, you know, she had reached success, but she was a one man band at the time. Sure. This was two thousand And, um, you know, she was still operating the business the same way she was in 1996 Mm. paper book, you know, it was 2016. So she had never upgraded. And so when God put the idea into my awareness, um, no business experience whatsoever. Sure. I got a long list of bad decisions, right? How am I going to do this? Mm. How how am I going to take over a family business and take it to the next level? Yeah. Right. Farm care, rap sheet. Yeah, right? We, riding a bicycle. Riding a bike. <laughs> and the limiting beliefs yeah. that I held about myself told me, you know, there's no way you can do this, right? Mm. You don't have a business. You, you, you dropped out of college, right? Man. So you just pound a pavement with the work. How you're going to do something is none of my business.
0: How you're gonna do
1: something is none of your business. When 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 the idea is planted into your awareness, which I believe is from God, how sure. you're gonna do it is none of your business. Your job is to be obedient to whatever that idea is. Sure, and that's His job. This is beautiful. I, I'm responsible for the effort, not the outcome.
0: Man, obedience over sacrifice.
1: Just do what you've been told to do. Yep. Even you go as far as you can see, and then you can see a little bit more. That's called the law of the horizon. <laughs> So I would wake up every day. I started researching successful people, um, I, re- I realize that, you know, successful people, um, they wake up super early in the morning. So I started waking up super early in the morning. Beautiful. And then the first 20 minutes that you're awake, your subconscious mind is, is operating at 10.5 wavelengths per second. That's when your subconscious mind is, is most susceptible to new information. So what you put into your subconscious mind when you first wake up is going to align the spirit of your day. The way you end your day is how you start your day. So I would I would put on motivational videos and I would listen to Les Brown and and John Maxwell and and Tony Robbins and my mentor Paul Martinelli nice. and, and I would just and then I would write my goals down every single day. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to do this. I'm going. I I would do free chair massage and then I would get on my bike and I would ride eight and a half miles to get to work. And mm. I would put the I would put the motivational speakers on. And then this crazy thing happened. I began to believe what they were telling me. Boom. There it is. I Everything to, starts with belief. And I, you know, I just put one foot in front of the other. Positive action, positive action, positive action. And then boom, the business went from 40000 a year to 40000 a month. <laughs> Those are numbers. Those are what we call numbers.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, listen, salute, salute, salute. This is one of the most impactful stories I've heard in recent, recent time. I want to piggyback on what you just said about beliefs Because often people don't get the full measure of what faith is. And faith isn't like just um, exclusive to like, you know, the Christian faith. Faith is what it is. It's it's a substance. But it actually composes of three things. It's it's belief. Then it's action or obedience. And then the last, the third component is endurance. Because you don't always see it realized because you believed and because you did something. But you see it realized when you endure to to receive that reward that promise that expectation so you know your life spells out true true faith in the way in which you you heard you acted and you've endured to actually see 40,000 a year to 40 40,000 a month which is one of the most just i mean like that's a that's a case study but you know, it's a case study from Ohio. <laughs> yeah, and I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it. So, give me something that you feel is um, what, what's happening now, and, and and not to say that that's still not happening, right? <laughs> we don't want to dismiss. Sure. You know, you, you know that's that's still home cooking. But what's what are you most passionate about now, and what's what's in the future for for your life, your brand, and um, what, just West Morris in general.
1: That same business that I that I that I had a part in building, um, I built it up a thousand percent, gave it back to mom. Beautiful. So that I could take on speaking and teaching and coaching full time. Beautiful. Cause I, I'm a true believer that if you want to take over the island, you have to burn the boats. <laughs> <laughs> My man is full of it. This guy's unfair. <laughs> you have to burn the boats. You got to go all the way in or don't go at all.
0: That's beautiful. This, listen, this is, this is what I know. This is what we live. This is what we believe. This is what we do. We, we, we live in the same thing. This is my brother from another mother. And this is why we, this is why you're at the table, bro. Right? You deserve it, man. I just, I just honor you. Talk to me a little bit about impact over
1: income. I can't ignore the, the bar that you're wearing in front of my face. For about 10 years. I realized, you know, I was chasing success. I was chasing the Instagram reel, right? I, mm. I, you know, that's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, I, I just, you know, I want to Ch- look good, sound good, right? It's part of my character defense. That's what happens when you have a low self esteem, mm. right?
0: So you, you are so cl- honest about that, which I appreciate. Like, that not only have you struggled with it, but it's something that you're aware of that you, like, I got to check this,
1: of course, by myself. Yeah.
0: Most people, you know, like when we are aware of it, we don't always acknowledge that it could be something that's actually still lurking in our DNA a little bit. Like, yeah. I got to check this just in case, make sure I'm I'm moving the right way. I just I just want to let you know I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's so real because I can find myself comparing myself to other people that isn't really even true, <laughs> right? I'm, it's their highlight reel. <laughs> so. So, I, I, you know, I, I found myself getting caught up in trying to be successful. Sure. But once you taste significance, success will never taste the same. <sighs> success is when I try to change my own life. Significance is when I try to change everybody else's. Audience, this is for you. So, this is what we're here for. So uh, impact over income is I don't chase money anymore. I chase meaning. Studios in my bag of tricks right here. Hey, listen, just, just, just let him know that
0: these right here, you know, you, you can get them all in the same place. Hit his site, hit my site. This is what we do, <laughs> bro. I mean, like, I'm, 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 I'm honored. I'm amazed at your story. I, I really look forward. I'm glad that this, this is the, this is the beginning of, of really what's to come. Because you've done it, and you're about to double over and do it again. Because ultimately, you recognize that your, your life is an offering that's kind of poured out for others. I think you've recognized that in some, in some respect. And although your life moves into so many different verticals and avenues, um, somebody needs you. There's, there's so many people that need your story. So, man, um, you know, where can we find you? Where can we find more about Wes Morris and, and, and what we're we up to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the website is WesleyMorris.com. Uh, Instagram is West Morris inspires. Um, check me out, bro. We are gonna do it. We are gonna check
0: you out, bro. I, I'm, like I'm inspired. We we got so much in common. I, I'm sure we'll we'll be collaborating and doing some amazing work together. Just because it just makes sense, you know. One thing that I'm big on, and we're we, we going we're gonna check out here. But one thing that I'm big on is don't miss the layups. Mm. West Morris is a layup. Like, you know, don't miss the opportunity to do something that's too easy to do, right? Whether it's pick up the phone, return the text. Mm -hmm. And I think too many times when we're aspiring to do great things, we can miss out on the opportunities to do something that's so practical, is recognize that somebody has some light and do some good service. So but we're going to do some good service together and impact lives and inspire and ultimately receive the, the fruit of your labor at the end of it because every every labor is worth, you know, you know, you don't you don't muzzle the ox that treads the corn. So listen, I wanna thank you. I hope you've been inspired. This is another dope, dope episode. This this Wes Morris, you're gonna see more of him. Why? Because his life goes before him. And when life goes before you, so does opportunity. So um, thank you for this, for joining us. Make sure you catch, follow, subscribe, like, share. This story is going to elevate, inspire, and continue to get you where you got to go on your journey. Thank you for checking in to catch some more.